and uh, they've done such a wonderful job. All the ladies who had something to say, and uh, <clears throat> thank you very much. It was a great success, but it's only a success because people participate, and uh, thank you for showing up, and uh, we're glad uh, that everyone had such a wonderful time. I think Brother John is not here this morning. Uh, he's with his mother, and uh, but we are thankful for him getting the boys' club together yesterday, and they had an outing, and uh, so thank them for that. Remember tonight, we have a special missionary service tonight. A uh, missionary from Mexico will be here with us, and uh, be more of kind of a presentation, and uh, so look at the work at Mexico and see what is going on there. Brother Loa from Mexico will be here with us tonight, so be faithful to the house of God. I know everyone has a, a big day planned and uh, have a great time today, and enjoy yourself, and enjoy the time that you have to spend with your mother. At this time, I want my wife to come, and uh, I told her this morning I wanted her to say something, and uh, we are still together, not divorced yet, and uh, so I'm grateful for that, and uh, I almost called for one, but we're glad that um, she is here today and still with me. Appreciate my wife. And I think she's a wonderful lady, wonderful lady of this church, and uh, does a terrific job. Don't use my notes. Well, I love the Lord first of all and foremost, and I would like to say thank you to all those that are here, all the visitors. We're so glad you come to help celebrate Mother's Day, and I can say from a mother's point of view, the most, the best gift of all is our children. That's what I wouldn't, no gift can compare to our children. And I know that they are definitely, uh, I know my children are my jewels in my eyes. And I know that each one of your children are the same. And I hope you all have a wonderful Mother's Day. I would like to also do say Happy Mother's Day to my mother, who I think is a most wonderful mother in the world. She's not only beautiful on the outside, but she's beautiful on the inside. She is uh, she's just a lady, and she's precious, and I'm so thankful She has taught me everything, and I'm so thankful for her example of what she showed before me so that I can show my children, and I'm very thankful for her, and I love her, and I hope you all have a very wonderful Mother's Day and enjoy it and have a good time with your moms and your kids. Thankful for the flowers that are here and uh, in honor of... uh, mothers that have passed away and no longer able to be with us here today. And uh, I think I'm trying to read the card here from Sister Y. Barbo, Sister Duplessy, and Sister Shirley Cook. Thank you for getting that together. And uh, Lord bless you for that. They're beautiful and uh, for in honor and memory of beautiful people. And uh, so let's go to the word of the Lord this morning. Hebrews chapter number 12. And uh, verse number one, I would call our guest's name and and, uh, recognize you by name, but I know that I would forget people, and so I don't want to do that, but I want you to know that I'm extremely glad that all of you are here today, and uh, it is an honor for you to come to be with us, and uh, we want you to feel welcome, and Lord bless you for being in the house of God. Quite a, a different text this morning for... Uh, Mother's Day service, but I want to try to give to you what I have on my heart today, and I would, I, I am uh, careful to say uh, that I have on my heart from the Lord for you today, because um, today is a very emotional day, it's been a very emotional week, and uh, so my thoughts are definitely with my uh, the passing of my mother and the memory of my mother today. But uh, this scripture came to mind, and uh, this thought came to my mind, and I would like to share it with you today. Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 1. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. What I want to focus on from this scripture this morning is so great a cloud of witnesses. So great a cloud of witnesses. Lord, thank you for standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. You may be seated. 
And I want to tell you just before I start this morning, all of you guests look good here, and you'd look good here on Wednesday night and Sunday morning and Sunday night every week. So, uh, <clears throat> I kind of thought of this, uh, this has been on my mind for the past uh, month or so, and uh, I was thinking of uh, different titles and uh, different things that I could title what I would have to say this morning. And so I come up with this little catchy title and I asked my family what they thought about it. And uh, they kind of raised their eyebrows, so I'm not going to call it that. But what I, what I started to title this, and they kind of thought that it might not be a good idea, and I was going to talk about all the women in my life. They said being in the ministry, that might not be the right way to word that. So I'm not going to talk about all the women in my life. I want to talk about women of influence in my life. And so uh, when I uh, read the scripture today, it tells us that we are compassed. And the writer was reminding us that we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. That is, people that has influenced us, people that has uh, given us a, a layout of how uh, things should be, and, and just that, that has lived the life before us and gave us um, the instruction and has proved to us that it can be done. And when I think about influence, influence just simply means the capacity or power of a person or a thing to be compelling, to be a compelling force on our productive effects and on our actions, uh, including our behavior, our opinions, uh, and others, uh, a lot of other things included with that. And, uh, but they are an influence, they affect us. And uh, one illustration was that was that uh, he used the family influence to get the contract. So it it is important the influence that you have in your life. And uh, there are people that go to jail for being under the influence, but it's the influence of the wrong thing. It is something else that they have consumed into their body that is influencing them from the inside out to do the wrong things. But the action or the process of producing effects on the action, behavior, opinion of another or, or, or another or others, her mother influenced her to stay. A person or thing that exerts influence. He is influence for the good. So uh, you have always heard this, and speaking of Mother's Day, your mother has probably told you, don't hang around those people, they're bad influence on you. Has anybody ever heard that? Some of you have heard that? Come on, y'all wake up this morning. Everybody stretch real good. And uh, But we have all heard that. And uh, if you have not heard that, that might be detrimental to you, but uh, they are bad influence. They don't have a good influence on you. And uh, so you want to hang around people that has a good influence. The Scripture said in Proverbs chapter 19 and verse number 14, house and riches are the inheritance of fathers. House and riches are the inheritance of fathers. And a prudent wife is from the Lord. Now, what this Scripture is talking about is houses and riches are the inheritance of fathers, which they are careful to provide and leave for their children. This they may and often do build and purchase houses and produce great riches and wealth to put in the hands of their children. But a prudent wife 
can only come from the Lord. One that behaves well to her husband and manages the affairs of the house with wisdom and brings up her children in an orderly manner. Such a wife no man has from the care of provision are of his parents, nor so much from his own good choice. It wasn't by your good choice that you were uh, given a wonderful help meet. The industry of the kind and the providence of God. It comes from God. Amen. To which should be, we should be very thankful. God that gives him a wise, discreet woman to be a helpmate to him. So Proverbs 19 and 14 tells us, Now parents, a man will produce wealth. A man will produce a, a home, a house. And a, a man will look uh, to build for retirement and to set up an inheritance for his children. But the only thing that can give a prudent wife is God. And I am thankful for God's help in the choice that I made. Amen. I, I want to talk about uh, women that had as have influence in my life. First of all, I would like to start with my mother-in-law. And uh, my mother-in-law is a wonderful lady, and she has had great influence in my life. And uh, we have had a few uh, disagreements in our walk together, but not on a major sort. We've only spent a few months not talking to each other. <clears throat> but I am thankful for uh, the influence that she has had in my life. She has been very faithful to this church, was a pastor's wife for 42 years, working very faithfully for the kingdom of God. And for that, I think that she deserves honor. She is very faithful in her position of playing the organ, and uh, even uh, in the last few months having health complications that she has never uh, come and told me, I, I just don't feel like it, I don't think I can do it tonight. But when she is called on, she always works very faithfully and very committed to that. And for that, I am grateful. That, that has had an influence in my life, and I am thankful for that. And uh, she is also one of the greatest restroom cleaners you have ever seen in your entire life. And <laughs> for uh, some of you that may not know it, but you go into the restrooms and uh, you see that they are extremely clean. It does not look like a truck stop or smell like a truck stop. But it would make Bucky's take a back seat. And, uh, but, but those restrooms are the only thing in this church that has not been remodeled. And uh, we are going to do so only because of the color, not because they need it. But she has done such a wonderful job. I, I would tell you today, if you go in there right now, you would not find a, a piece of dirt in the very darkest corner that you can find in the restroom. And uh, I have never heard her complain. And uh, she's been sick for or dealing with a complication in her body for the last couple of months. And uh, her husband's tried to get her to retire from cleaning the bathroom, but she refuses to do so. And uh, But I, I take... Uh, that has influenced me in my life. And her dedication to doing something that nobody even notices and nobody really sees and nobody pays a lot of attention to. And I thank you and I honor you for that, Sister Duplissy. For the greatest thing that I would like to honor her for, and that is for raising a daughter that became my wife. And she done a wonderful, wonderful job. And honestly, there's not a lot of areas that I've had to work in in developing her. 
there's a few areas that I had to go back and, and just brush up. The main area was speed. Now, she did not raise her to be fast. She raised her to be very relaxed and slow. Now, we have worked on that project, and we've even worked on that in, in uh, Granny's life, and we speeded her up a little bit. But I do appreciate the raising of my wife and uh, the dedication to her and uh, all the spoiling that you did to her. Uh, she did uh, bring her breakfast in bed. Thank God that's not required of me. But uh, she done a lot of things for her and raising her in this wonderful truth. For that I am very grateful and thank you very much to me, Granny, to all of you, Sister Duplessis. And thank you for a wonderful lady that's had great influence in my life. I want to go back and remember some of uh, the things. And I, I um, apologize for my human nature this morning. I have, uh, if I get a little emotional, I do apologize for that. And uh, last Saturday was five years that my mother passed away. And it was also a week. She died on a Sunday. It was a week before Mother's Day. And a uh, <clears throat> very difficult time in my life. Been a very difficult time ever since. I would like to go back and reminisce about some ladies that had influence in my life. Starting out with my mamaw, what I called her, which was everyone else called her Mama Sis. It was my mother's mother. She was a wonderful lady. She was quite feisty. She was quite opinionated. And at this point that her and her husband had separate views on politics, and they all went to the polls religiously. They never missed, but they voted absolutely opposite. And I told them, I said, uh, it would be much easier, you know, that he's going to vote for him, and you're going to vote for him. So why not just stay at home and cancel out the vote altogether? They said, no, people died where we can go vote. And if we have to die voting, we're going to go vote. And so she was a very strong, opinionated lady. She had some ideas that I actually was not fond of. But she had a lot of good things. And one of those was her dedication and her love for her husband which his name was Homer. So you all know where I got that lovely name of Homer from. I was named after my grandpa on my mother's side. She loved him in spite of everything. He was not always the easiest person to get along with. Didn't always act the way that she thought he ought to act. But she worked very desperately and diligently trying to keep him in line. For that I am thankful for her love that has influenced me of showing me how that you should love someone that you have chosen to spend the rest of your life with. Every day of her life, she got up, far as I know, and cooked breakfast, what we called dinner, and then what we would call supper. And every day, she would make biscuits, and uh, she would fry sausage or bacon, and eggs for her husband before he would get up and go to work. And uh, for all that I know, she'd done that every day. He would come home for dinner, and he would eat a full course dinner. It was not ham sandwiches. It was not canned soup, but it was a home-cooked meal. And then in the evening, she would cook again at 5 o'clock. far as I know, every day of her life, she'd done this. And... Uh, <clears throat> That gave me a false hope of what married life was all about. So I'm thankful for that influence. My, my grandma, um, she uh, actually, I was staying at their house when she went to the doctor. And uh, I was there during the summer and spending some time. And uh, which was a very rare occasion because, to be honest with you, I didn't like to spend the night away from my mama. And so that was a very rare occasion, but I was there. And uh, I was there when we went to the doctor, and I can remember them going in and speaking with the doctor and me sitting in the lobby, coming out, and uh, on the way home, just overhearing them discuss the problem. And uh, I was young at the time, and I did not know the seriousness of the illness, but 
I do remember hearing the word cancer. And uh, I, looking back, I can only imagine the devastation that was uh, in her life and in his life and then in the life of my mother and her two sisters when they got the news that she had cancer. But never one time did I remember hearing her complain. This went on for quite some time. And I can remember them talking about radiation. And uh, back then, it was um, not as well as it is now. They had some different complications and different problems. But I can remember uh, them talking about it and talking about the effects of it and how it burnt the side of her face and uh, how it messed her per complexion and how that they told her of the weight loss. But I can remember her response that, that cancer will not kill me, I will kill cancer. And uh, I can remember the spot response to the weight loss. She said, I've always been wanting to lose weight and I'm going to look good with my new body. And that's the way that she approached the devastation to her life. And it went on for months, even into years. But I, I can remember coming to her house and she was so frail and went from a relatively healthy lady to a frail uh, body that looked like she could barely get around. And the first thing she would say is, Don't I look good since I've lost weight? And she never complained about the problem or the sickness, but it was always, man, I'm looking good. Look at me. I, I've got a new body. I'm looking good. I'm looking strong. And eventually, I remember uh, Vic coming to the time where they said, look, cancer was no longer there. That she had beat it with her ability and her faith and her confidence in God and her commitment and her desire to say it will not kill me. She wound up living quite some time after that, but cancer was not the problem that killed her because the made-up mind that she had and the faith that she had and the attitude that she had. And I, I, I look back on that, and that had influence in my life. The second lady that I would like to talk about is my Mama Reen. That was my grandma on my father's side. She was a wonderful lady, a wonderful saint of God. And her love for her Sunday school class is absolutely second to none. This woman loved teaching Sunday school. And she loved it so much that no matter what age you were, if you were looking forward to getting into her class, she always taught the preteen class. And we could not wait. No reflection on the rest of the teachers. But everybody knew that you were waiting for the day that you graduated in to Mama Reen's class. That's what she was known to the whole church was Mama Reen, our sister Mama Reen. And um, even when you turned into a teenager, you was not looking to graduate to the teen class because you always wanted to stay in Mama Reen's class. She always had fun parties. And uh, she would have Sunday school parties, and I have told you about some of them, where she would make her famed giggle juice. She had a hidden recipe that she, she died with her. I can remember uh, as a young child, Mama Reen, tell me your recipe. Let me know how you make giggle juice. And she never would give away a recipe. But when you took a drink of that juice, you could not stop giggling to save your life. Now, I don't know what she put in it. Tasted a lot like Kool-Aid. But it was known as giggle juice. No matter what kind of day you was having as a child, if you ever took a drink of giggle juice, you giggled the rest of the day. And I thank her for the influence that she had in my life. My mom, Maureen, was one of the well-known cooks in the church that for every occasion she always cooked two things. She cooked chicken and dressing, and she cooked chicken and dumplings. And at every church gathering, every funeral, you could always rest assured nobody else was going to cook the dressing 
and nobody else was going to cook the chicken and dumplings because nobody could do it quite like Mama Reen could do it. She would always cook for you no matter what time you come to her house. Now, this is my vision of a real grandma. That if I stumbled in the house at 12 o'clock midnight, that she would say, are you hungry? I'd say, man, I'm starving to death. She'd say, what do you want? And she'd get in there and start cooking, and you'd have a full meal in a matter of about 30 minutes. In the morning, you want some biscuits and chocolate syrup? I'll make you some biscuits and chocolate syrup. She was glad when you come by to see her, no matter what time of the day it was. And that is the influence that she had in my life of showing me what a grandmother really was. And on that grandmother thing, I can't wait to be a grandpa. <clears throat> Her love for missions was second to none. She always saved money. She always saved her pennies. She always put things together. Her Sunday school class was always raising money for missions. And she had a poster of uh, the mission field of different missionaries across the world. And she had each of them marked. And uh, every Sunday we would talk about the mission field. And she went to Mexico on a mission trip with my daddy and stayed some time. Went to uh, the Philippines with my daddy and stayed uh, 30 or 40 days at that time on a mission trip. And uh, she would just start crying when she would talk about the underprivileged people across the world that do not have the privilege of hearing the gospel such as we do. And uh, her love for the mission field influenced me to where I have a desire in my own soul, in my own spirit, to, to support missions very strongly. And I guess the most incredible thing about this lady was that she'd done all of this with a terrible sickness that attacked her body. My mama Reen had a problem with her leg. And she had a terrible ulcers on her leg, open wounds that, that never healed. And they were always there. And I can remember walking into the house and she'd be sitting in the recliner and she'd be rubbing her leg going, Oh, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Heal me, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. And, and be in pain. And you'd say, I need such and such. And she'd throw down the recliner and jump up and hobble around trying to get whatever you had need of. Never, ever, ever was she called on to do something for the church that she did not readily do with a glad heart and a glad spirit. She might be pushing herself around in the kitchen in a roller chair, but when you called on Mama Reen, Mama Reen was going to come to the rescue. I'm thankful for the godly influence that this lady had in my life. That taught me no matter what the circumstances is, you serve with a glad heart. Oh, that God would send a desire through the younger generation to get a grip and an understanding to know that circumstances don't dictate your desire to do a work for God. That no matter what problem that you face in life, there is still a work that you can do for the Lord. Amen. This lady inspired me. Amen. She built my faith and my confidence. They say, oh, this comes with the older generation that's passing away. Amen. But God, please hand it down to the younger generation. Amen. The younger generation today, if we have a little too much to do, we're too busy to help somebody else. But this woman inspired me that helping other people, being a blessing to somebody else, is the best thing that you can do in life. She was not a wealthy woman by any stretch of the imagination. But she always had an extra dollar to give 
to the work of God. Was not blessed with a lot of great things in this life. Her and her husband, my grandpa was a minister. Some problems came. And he started, he had a hot tamale stand. And uh, he sold hot tamales. And that's what they'd done for their income. So you know that the retirement was not too great. But she always loved and worshipped God. I can remember her sitting on the church pew. And she was very, very ticklish. And uh, she didn't like you to touch her on the back. And so since she didn't like it, you know what I'd done. Every time I walked by, and uh, she, oh, stop that. And she'd just jerk. And, but I can remember her sitting on the pew, not able to run the aisles, not able to, to stand up through the whole service, but sit there rocking and praying. Thank God for the godly influence that I've had in my life. Amen. The next one I'd like to talk about. This morning is my mother. My mother uh, came to Stuttgart under, under uh, circumstances, to say the least. My daddy was preaching in Louisiana. He was a single pastor, started a church in Stuttgart, Arkansas when he was 17. He was preaching in uh, Louisiana, and uh, they were driving by a gas station. Now, let me put a disclaimer to this. Don't anybody try this. You young guys, young ladies, do not do this. He was driving by a gas station with a couple other guys, and uh, there was a lady singing at the opening of a service station. And they pulled in and and it was a nice looking young lady, and so it caught, <laughs> what a mixed up deal this was. It caught the attention of a young preacher. And uh, so they told him, said, oh, he said, who is that? Said, that's Shirley Hodges. He said, well, he said, man, said, she's nice looking. Said, ah, oh, forget that. You can't go out with her. She's engaged to be married. She's been dating this guy, and, and uh, you, you don't have... So that he took that as a personal challenge. And so he invited her to go to church with him. She comes to church and gets the Holy Ghost. Within eight days, they're married. She never has been to his house, which he did not own. All she knew is he had a nice car that was about to get repossessed, which she did not know. And... Uh, he had nice clothes that somebody else had bought for him. <laughs> it was a mixed up deal. He calls my, uh, my grandpa, his daddy, he said, send me my birth certificate, have somebody to run it down here to me. He said, what for, buddy? That was my daddy's name. He said, I'm getting married. He said, son, I told you, bud, you keep asking one of those girls, they're going to take you serious. And so, Eight days knowing each other. Eight days had the Holy Ghost for five days. They get married. She goes to the home that he is living in, and it's somebody else's home. <laughs> so very difficult circumstances of coming to a culture shock of, of uh, not even knowing God to being a pastor's wife. And then dealing with the situation that everybody, every young lady in the church was mad and every mother that had daughters his age was mad. And they were jealous because they all had their hopes up that they was going to be the one that was going to take his hand in and, and marriage. And so dealing with all of those adversities... Instead of throwing up her hands and saying, man, this is not what I bargained for. She jumped in and made the best of a terrible situation and made it work. And uh, were married for, I guess, uh, 40, 41 years, I believe it was, were married. 
And uh, then her dedication and consecration to the school and the church. The church was the love of her life and her dedication and commitment to her church. And really, she kept my daddy out of a lot of hot water. And when he would make people upset, she'd go behind him and try to smooth it over. And I, I tell you about this one deal that happened when my brother, my brother was having some difficulties with the family and, and is having marriage trouble and and so he had dealt with it all he could, didn't know what else to do. So he went over to Mama's house and he said, Mama, said, go see if you can do anything with these people. I can't do anything with them. She said, I'll be glad to. And so she, he, uh, he kind of kept a short leash on her and kept her in control there. So he had opened up the range, so she took off on her mission. This is what she had done all her life. She was getting her calling back. She goes out to the house, and this lady's sitting there. And uh, she goes into the house. She said, no wonder you're having trouble. She said, ain't no man want to live in this filth. <laughs> uh, no wonder he don't want to come home. Look at this. The bed's not made up. Dirty dishes been stacked up here. Lord, how mercy. No man would live like this. I wouldn't come home either if I was your husband. So she starts crying and, and uh, some mama says, okay, I'm going to teach you how to do this now. So she goes out there and she teaches a woman how to clean her house, how to wash her clothes and how to put up. She's dead, so y'all can't hire her. <laughs> so she goes through this, this routine of teaching her how to do all this. She said, now I'll tell you what I'm going to do. And when he come in, she said, look at this yard. This yard is a mess. Now I want you to get out there, cut the grass. I want you to pick up the trash. She had them out there, boy, and she had them cleaning. She had them working. And uh, they got it all cleaned up. She said, now what I'm going to do is... Every week I'm going to come back and inspect it for three months. And you tell me if your relationship is not better. You know what happened? They got together and lived happily ever after as long as Mama was living. I don't know if it was under fear of, of her or, or what. Didn't want that woman back in her house. But every, every week she'd go out there and inspect their house and make sure their grass was cut. Make sure the trash was picked up. Make sure... <laughs> Make sure the house was clean, the dishes was washed, and they they done great. But that's just she was she's just that kind of woman. She could do things that that a lot of us could not get by with. Her dedication to the school and teaching school when she did not have to because that was not necessarily the pastor's job. Her dedication to young people, sixteen kids other than the five of her own, stayed in her house for a period, long period of time. This is not just overnight stay. This is kids that she helped raise. Sixteen other ones. Some of those today are ministers. Some of them are good saints in the house of God. Sad to say, some of them didn't turn out too well. But her love and her dedication to young people was surpassed by none. Her ability to sing and her worship to God. I can remember me and another young man one time talking. We were teenagers, and you know when you're teenagers, you don't know how to appreciate a lot of these things. And uh, so we were talking and we were discussing one evening about our mothers, and both of us had mothers that was a lot alike. And uh, actually his mother was from Stuttgart. And he asked me the question, he said, man, said, does your mama ever embarrass you? I said, oh, yes, she embarrasses me. He said, man, my mama sometimes, some of the things she says and some of the things she does, it embarrasses me so much. And uh, it did at the time when I was a teenager, but now her chasing me through the streets of Stuttgart, her calling me on my pager long before cell phones, her in the floor praying when I would come into the house. Her sitting on the couch telling me how my daddy's going to kill me if he ever finds out. That used to embarrass me, but now I look at the influence that that had in my life. And for that I am grateful. 
and thankful. Her singing ability and uh, her worship of how she could get on the organ and she could start singing in the deadest of services. And it would seem like everything would, would just break loose. And, and, uh, and the, uh, the service would just, just start happening. I remember for years, every service in Stuttgart, she always led song service and, and worship and praising to God. The only time Daddy would get to preach is when he would just stop her and say, Okay, Shirley, that's enough. I'm going to preach tonight. Because she only knew one way to have church, and that is pray, sing, and shout until something happens. And uh, she had a great ability at doing that. Her love for my daddy was second to none. My daddy honestly was not the, the easiest person in the world to get along with, and uh, to say the least, but she loved him. And uh, she served him very rightly. Her love, uh, and, and I, I look at this in the, um, the time of my daddy's passing, and uh, it was a hardship on all of us, but especially her. In a moment's time, she lost the love of her life. She lost her financial support. She lost her position in the church. She lost everything. It seemed like she lost her home because the home belonged to the church. And everything that she had done, it was dedicated and given to the church. And now, in one loss of breath, it's all gone. But she never lost her love for God and her love for the things of God. And then some short time later, the loss of our brother and her son John was a very terrible time because John was a big financial support to her and did not provide her just the things that she needed, but pretty much everything that she wanted. And uh, it seemed like again her world had crumbled around her. And she did not know what she was going to do, but she knew this, that her faith and her commitment to her God was still as strong and it was not shaken. And it would never be shaken. I remember the day uh, she was down here visiting with us. And uh, I can remember uh, where we were at the particular time. We were headed to our house. And me and her was in the vehicle together. We was about to turn on Autumn Shadows Road. And she looked at me. She said, I've got something very serious I need to talk to you about. And uh, I said, well, what, what could be so serious that we need to stop and talk? And she said, well, said it's serious. i got a terrible health condition. I think that I need to discuss with you. And I said, well, what is that, Mama? And she looked at me and she told me, she said, with all indication, it looks like that I have cancer. And I said, oh, you don't have cancer. And she said, yeah, it seems like that I do. And a lot of you that know my mother knew my mother and my daddy's beliefs that they did not... Uh, go and seek medical attention and to be that as it may. And I asked her, I said, well, if you think you do, what, what are you going to do? Are you, we're going to go get something done about this or, or I, I just want you to know I'll support you in whatever decision that you make. And she looked at me, she said, I'm just going to keep doing the same things that I've always done. And you know, all of us prayed and we believe that God would work a miracle. For years she suffered with this. I think it was for about two years from the time that she acknowledged that this was a problem till the day of her death. And uh, we did not know how severe it was and uh, because she kept things very private. And then looking back uh, after we realized how severe it was, the influence and the inspiration that she has given to my life of how she was able to carry on in the midst of adversity. And uh, when she was sick and weak, uh, she would still come and she would still make her way to the organ. The last time that she was able to be in the house of God, I believe it was the very last time my brother had her to come to the front and she sang until it looked like that she was about to pass out. 
Not saying that I'm not able and I can't do it. And I can't go on any longer. And charging God foolishly. But I would like to say today that my mother, the greatest, one of the greatest inspirations in my life, has had an effect on me and she has taught me that in the midst of opposition, in the midst of sickness, in the midst of heartache, in the midst of grief, in the midst of pain, in the midst of agony, still keep your faith and your dedication and your consecration to God. Amen. She was faithful to the house of God. She did not look for an opportunity to miss church. But up until the very day that she was laying on her deathbed some 14 days before she went to the bed, until uh, after she went to the bed and was no longer able to get up and, and go anywhere, 14 days she lay there before her death. Up until that time, always faithful to church. When she did not feel like it, always faithful in giving of her time. When she did not seem like she could go any longer, always faithful and giving of all of her strength and helping people that she felt like was less fortunate than herself. Today I honor and respect the ladies that have had great influence in my life. The Bible tells us that we are not to neglect so great a cloud of witnesses. Amen. We are compassed about around people today that has lived faithfully and dedicated and consecrated to God. Amen. As I look at the elders in this church today that have not had the luxuries that we have had. Amen. Of stepping into a building and property that is a hundred percent debt free. Amen. And coming in and enjoying the presence and the power and the glory of God to looking at the elders who made peanut brittle, who sold dinners, who worked very desperately and very uh, encouragedly to give us the things that we have today. Amen. As we look around this congregation today, we see ladies that are ladies of God that have dedicated and consecrated themselves to God. So why should the younger generation say, I've got kids. I can't do it any longer. I've got a job. I can't do it any longer. Amen. We are compassed about with the great cloud of witnesses today that's proven you can do it. You can live for God in the midst of opposition. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Honestly, today, I do miss the comfort. Call me a mama's boy. I don't care. Call me a, a baby. That's what I was. Call me emotional basket case. But when I go back and I start remembering the home that I lived in, the things that I had in my possession are priceless today. That I could come in to a loving mother. That I could come in to a godly mother. That I could come into a house that was full of love. And... Uh, Today, I am thankful for the influence that these women had in my life. Even though they're dead and gone now, and they'll no longer be with us on this side of glory, their memory and the effects and all of you have people that have passed away that has influenced you. And I see myself making decisions that I get through making the decision and I said, what caused me to make that decision? And I will think about the influence that was in my life subconsciously. I can, I can go back and, and just 
preaching for, I guess, about 25 years now, as I go back and I, just a scripture comes to my mind and I say, how do you know that? Just because I was sitting on a pew when I was a very young child. And I didn't even know I was paying attention, but something was going on in my brain. And something was clicking in my brain. And subconsciously I was grasping a hold of something that was so precious. So I want to encourage every mother in this place. You have a tremendous responsibility today. If I had a hat on, I would take it off. I would not want to be a mother for any price that they could pay. And I would take my hat off and salute you today for your work that is before you every day. But I want to encourage you. The best thing that you could give them is a safe place. A godly place. A holy place. Let your children come in and hear you weeping and crying before God. Let your children come into the service and see you lifting your hands and worship and honor and reverence to God. Let your children hear you say, it's church time. We're going to church. It's no question if we're going to lay out a church tonight. It's no option if we're too tired, but it's church time and we're going to the house of God. Amen. We have a responsibility today. Thank God for the influence of the elders, but it's our opportunity, it's our time to take up what God has given to us and move on. No, no one can replace Mama Sis. No one can replace Mama Reen. No one will ever replace my mother. But there is a void that is left in Pentecost because of the passing of these dear saints. And some of you mothers today, your son can get up and talk about the influence that you've had in their life. Last, but not least, by any stretch of the imagination, if my mother-in-law would get ready to play something, is my wife. The greatest lady that God has ever placed in my life. Her faithfulness as a wife and the mother to our children is surpassed by none. Everything that I've ever dreamed of. Everything that I've ever hoped for. In life, in married life, my wife has been that person. My dreams as a young man She's fulfilled those dreams. We like the same things. We like to go to the same places. She even likes to be with me. Or else she puts on a good front. And they say that opposites attract. 
But I think that we have two, two positives that's worked out real good. Her love for this church and serving as a pastor's wife. Stepping into big shoes. Stepping into a church that she was born and raised in. That's known her all her life. And known about her faults and failures. And still she carries on. Works tirelessly. And has made a tremendous pastor's wife. It's my calling to be a pastor, a preacher. But it takes the wife to accept that calling. And for that I am grateful. Her work in the church is second to none. There's not any lady or any man in this church that can outwork her when it comes to doing something for the church. I had to tell her at funerals, Jody, you can't cook. We have other responsibilities. She said, but I'm a lady of the church. I need to do so. I said, but we have to take care of the family. Let other people do the cooking. Let other people take care of that. And we'll take care of other things. Her dedication as a Sunday school teacher. Her love for her Sunday school class. The young men and young ladies in her class. And most of all, her help keeping me going. Y'all see the good side. Y'all see the smiling side. And some of you might sometimes think, why is he not smiling today? I try to smile all the time, but it don't always come out that way. But even when I'm smiling here, when I go home, I'm not in the best of moods all the time. She's done everything from kicking me out of bed because I was feeling sorry for myself. To putting her arms around me and telling me everything's going to be okay. Consoling me at the passing of my daddy, at the passing of my brother, and at the passing of my mother. Gave me four wonderful girls. And I don't hold it against her because we didn't get a boy. But to the greatest lady in my life, I find strength. I find courage. And I find the strength to go on. I want you today to understand sometimes we look over the treasures that we have because we're too hard-nosed. But it's better to pin flowers on while they're living. My daddy was a hard-nosed man. I have no doubt that my daddy loved me because of the way that he cared for me. But never one time did my daddy ever tell me that he loved me or that he was proud of what I was doing. That's a foolish man. And today, men, you're very foolish and you're very little if you can't tell the lady of your life how much you appreciate her and how much you love her. That was very weak, but it's very true anyway. Let's all stand. What would you do without her?
I'm going to tell something on my friend over here standing in the corner. Sister Cooper was having surgery. Brother Cooper, everybody knows he's a macho man. <laughs> we were at the hospital. I said, where's Brother Cooper? He was pacing the hall. The lady said, sir, you need anything? He said, oh, no. I'm just walking, just walking the whole time she was in surgery. Brother Cooper couldn't sit down. You want to know somebody that'd be lost? (laughs) He may not come back to church tonight. (laughs) Poor old Brother Cooper would come to church barefooted if it wasn't for Sister Cooper. We are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. So today what I want you to do, I know this is not a very spiritual service, and a little emotional, I guess, especially to me. But I hope that I've touched a nerve in you that we could look back from the past and we can see the ones who have influenced us from the past. And thank God for their influence. But then we could look at the ones who are right here with us. And not take for granted. Not take for granted the influence that they have in our life. Let me encourage you teenagers. My mama always told me this was her favorite line. You're going to miss me when I'm gone. That's true. I miss her more than she would ever thought. So if you have your mother today, be a real man and tell her how much you appreciate her. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and thank God for the influences that we've had in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the many blessings.